One of the fastest growing markets in this pandemic has been cybersecurity attacks. The stress of people like leaving the office and not be able to see people directly has had a huge increase in phishing scams and other issues like hitting employees. They can't see you know, their manager, Joe, right across the cube and asking for gift cards. They're now on email, things like that. It's been one of the biggest growing pains for everyone remotely. The big question is, how can you fix and transform your organization's most important foundation, your software, into an asset which allows you to become better every single day? Each department is at its best when it can smoothly, efficiently, and productively operate. And to do that, you need to pay attention to the lifeblood of your organization, your software. The custom software creation geniuses at Architect Now are presenting this podcast as a way to help leaders think more strategically about their software and to roadmap what needs to happen in order to be at the top of their game. No, this podcast is not going to scramble your brain by talking about DevOps or API calls. Our goal on this show is to make you better by giving you the high-level insights that you need so you can better make decisions that will not only be cost-effective, but will help your team on an intangible level as well as a technical one. Welcome to Newsflash, your software company. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Newsflash, your software company. I am one of your hosts, Corey Durkin, and along with me, some of the team from Architect Now, Kevin Gross-Niklaus, Don Jacobs-Meyer, and Alex Will. And in this episode, we are going to start talking about what it means to be forced to have a remote work ecosystem in 2022. You know, you've been operating a certain way for so many years, and all of a sudden, the pandemic happens, which was not anything that any of us could have predicted. And a lot of business owners have really struggled with figuring out how to operate efficiently and productively when they have to completely change the way that they do business. Everything from where their servers are to when was the last time their email was updated, uh, you know, figuring out how to best communicate person to person when you can't walk over to their cubicle and ask them a question. So Kevin, tell me a little bit about some of these issues that business owners have had in the past uh, 21 months since the pandemic started um, in, in terms of this day-to-day -day workflow and also with their communication? There, there's been a ton of, of issues and companies that never thought that they would ever be in a situation where, where workers weren't sitting next to each other. And there are certain businesses where they just have to be. You, you can't run a, a remote restaurant. There are certain you know, factories. People have to physically be on site. But Businesses today that might have always put themselves or business owners that have thought of their company as one of those that have to have everyone sit next to each other around the campfire and collaborate are being pushed in a different direction due to, to no fault of their own, due to pandemic sweeping across the world. And, and it seems to be in the last you know, 30 days or more that it's, it's gotten worse than it's ever been. Uh, there's, there's a lot more people that might have made it through the first wave and maybe did stay in their office and all of a sudden they're being forced to, now we really need to rethink about this. At Architect Now, when, when the first wave of COVID hit, our company went, we, we had physical offices and we sat next to each other. We went fully virtual very quickly and have stayed that way and will continue to stay that way. We were very adept at technology and communicating you know, across that technology. We didn't really need physical offices and, and we weren't remote and it didn't bother our company. Uh, we were a unicorn in that regard. Um, other companies, you know, they... they their employees have phones. They don't have access to any of their work content or the, the tools, something as simple as email or communication on their phone. 
securely across other coworkers. Uh, that that has been a hurdle. The ability to, you know, some customers of ours have physical infrastructure in terms of technology servers and, and assets that reside in an office that someone has to take care of and manage. And, you know, th those companies are looking at you know, expediting a move to the cloud or getting those physical things up somewhere where they're managed by others and their employees can work from home and still have access to them, but they don't have to keep paying for internet through that office space or the you know that office closet where you know the email server might live if no one's there to babysit it. So communication is big. Uh, no matter what your business is, if you can communicate, you can do it from your couch, you can do it from your home office, you can do it from a Starbucks. Uh, you have access no matter where we are. You know we have our phone. We're a big we're a Microsoft shop predominantly. Office 365 runs our company and. The, the basic out of the box infrastructure that it provides our employees to communicate and collaborate no matter where they are. Uh, we were familiar with it and it, you know, when we went remote, we just used it. And we're like, this is how everybody should be, but that's not really the case. Uh, I talked to many business owners and they're like, we struggle. We don't know how to keep people, you know, in the loop working with each other and something as simple as email or chat or voice, you know, voice calls, video calls, uh, meetings where people can just pop in and out of across the video, no matter what device you're on or where you're at is, it seems to some companies like that would be low hanging fruit to others. It's, it's you know, rocket science right there. How do you do that? So, well, I think it's also challenging because if you're thinking about how to transfer your entire organization over to a remote organization, there's so many competing services and possibilities that exist. Just a quick Google search, you have seven or 10 different infrastructures. So Talk to me a little bit about why you chose to go with the Microsoft 365 suite instead of, say, uh, Google. Th th those are probably the two biggest that you just mentioned. Uh, you, when we talk to companies that are pretty efficient at working remotely, typically they're they're using the Google suite of you know collaboration tools and documents. Uh, if they're using a chat program it, it, or some type of of communication like a Slack is extremely popular. Microsoft Teams would be the Microsoft alternative to that big competitor. Uh, there, there are others. You could hodgepodge and piecemeal together, you know, smaller players in that industry. But for most companies, for the price, if you're not on Google or, or Office 365, uh, for your email and all of your collaboration tools, those those platforms, you know, for you know five or ten dollars an employee a month, you get access to so much secure document sharing. They handle all your security for you. They handle. Uh, the, the blocking and tackling of security, things like two-factor authentication and just, you know, making sure that not only do your employees have access to the tooling, but you're, you're sure that others don't and things are secure and people are not uh, inadvertently giving access to others they should not. And Google and, and Microsoft both do a good job in that. But there are lots of different, it's not a, it's not a new space. It is a space where there are major players that have taken over a lion's share of the market, but well, and, and in your your estimation, the reason you like Microsoft and the reason that you obviously went with it for your company, I would imagine is not just the the name and and the operation of it day to day, but th there must be something to to kind of allow you to sleep a little better at night, knowing that we have this this giant company that is behind us, backing all of our security, backing all of the secure document sharing that we need to do on a day-to-day -day basis without having to worry about what a lot of small business owners worry about pre-pandemic, which is, hey, uh, I've got my servers in my closet and this person manages this email server and this person's managing this other piece of the business and it's all 
you know, held together by duct tape and glue, and you don't have nearly the computing power or the brain power behind what's running your company, never mind your security. That's exactly right. And, and bringing a new employee or multiple new employees on board, you know, is, is a few clicks and they, they're giving access to all the tools and systems they need to be. And then conversely, as employees move on to other opportunities, uh, securely, you know, disabling their access. And, and that's just some of the basics we, we do. You know, now, I will say in essence, a full disclosure, Architect Now has used Microsoft, you know, Office 365 platform and, and various, you know, its various forms for, you know, 10, 15 years. So we're not new to it. Now it has evolved and more capabilities have been added, things like Microsoft Teams and, and all the Azure security infrastructure. So, and when we are a partner, we help other people do it. So I, I don't want to say that, hey, we, we did a, we've used Google, we've used a lot. We've got customers that are still on and all the Google suite that are extremely efficient and they have access to just competing tools. So it's not that there's one that I say, you're doing it bad if you choose these people or versus this product versus this company. But we have had great success for the, the cost to value ratio and the security. And, you know, I sleep much better at night knowing that my entire company can scale as high as I need to go, up or down. We have access, all the data is secure. We're not gonna lose anything. Everything is backed up by Microsoft and managed by people you know, significantly smarter than we are at doing those very specific tasks. Don, you have something else to add to that? Yeah, just to add to that, I mean, at a sort of day-to-day -day perspective, we use Teams for more than uh, simply its features. Teams actually is the sort of structure and context for all of our teams of people to operate within the Teams application. So what I mean by that is the Teams app allows you to create multiple different teams of people based on security groups who are contextually related in some way. So since we have teams of developers who also work with teams of clients, we have a whole host of different um, sort of contextual channels in our ecosystem that allows for chat communication, document storage, uh, workflow dashboards, workflow deliverables, um, you know, sales pipeline tooling. So it's not just the features individually that Teams offers, it's the fact that they all live in one place now. And I can, you know, join a Teams call from my car on my phone and still pull up any document that I could normally have access to on my computer on the fly safely uh, at a red light while stopped. <laughs> But um, that we haven't seen another tool that does that as well as Teams does currently, oh, that because makes they sense. have first first class access to yeah. all of the different tooling. They can make a wholly separate uh, hub beyond what some of these other companies are able to do with maybe just sort of second tier access via API. And Alex, speaking of that, you know, kind of first class access, you have a whole host of business owners who were completely ca caught flat footed by the pandemic, and they did not have first class access to anything. Um, what have you heard in the past 21 months about the biggest issues uh, that these business owners are having? Is it related to their ability to email back and forth? Is it about their day-to-day -day conversations between employees? Is it about security? Where, where have you really heard those issues become 
uh, apparent in the conversations that you've had? So one of the fastest growing markets in this pandemic has been cybersecurity attacks. The stress of people like leaving the office and not be able to see people directly has had a huge increase in phishing scams and other issues like hitting employees. They can't see you know, their manager, Joe, right across the cube and asking for gift cards. They're now on email, things like that. It's been one of the biggest growing pains for everyone remotely. And a lot of these tools like Office 365 have came worlds and worlds to help us with this, with built-in functionality through the cloud. Um, because they're automatically giving us updates, automatically adding threat providers, things like that. And even tools like Microsoft Teams, where our communication is going through there, it's more secure by default because there is no way for people to message you outside of your organization. You're already in a trusted circle. So that has probably actually been one of the biggest stresses and hardest things for people to get through, through this um, you know, distributed workforce, is how do we securely talk to each other, securely transfer files, and securely work together. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that would really keep a lot of business owners up at night. I mean, imagine how many people have put the company card in thinking they're buying gift cards for their sales reps and really they're buying gift cards for somebody in the Ukraine. Mm -hmm. I mean, somebody's going to enjoy that 4K, 4K TV, TV, but it's not going to be you. Uh, that's, a, that's a real challenge. So um, when, you're, when you're thinking about, you know, uh, the, the, the place to start, Kevin, if you're a business owner saying, okay, well, I know I have this problem. I know I've kind of gotten it together in the past year and a half, but we're still not super secure. We're still kind of stumbling over ourselves here and there. What's the starting place for a business owner to finally get their legs under them and, and actually start to, to migrate to this completely remote strategy with some grace and, and also without kind of, you know, crushing their whatever level of day-to-day -day productivity they currently have? I mean, I, it, it seems uh, trivial, but the place I tell people to start is, you know, if, if you are a business owner or a decision maker in an organization that are having these issues, you likely know of peers or other companies or people in your network that are not having these issues. They're using, they're taking advantage of some of these technologies. So the, the most non-technical advice I could give people is reach out to your peers and say, hey, we're, we, we went fully remote, we're struggling a bit, what do you guys use and why do you like it? And, and get feedback. And, and we've talked a lot about different technologies, uh, you know, even at a high level here in our discussion, like Microsoft Teams, that's a product from Microsoft. Uh, most people are familiar with Microsoft Word and Excel and PowerPoint and the traditional Microsoft Office tools. Uh, but Microsoft ha has evolved that, you know, there's more, there's OneNote to take notes, there's OneDrive to share files, there's all these buzzwords and, and products that Microsoft has. And if you're on the, on the Google side, they've got equivalent products with different names that, that solve. They got Google Docs if you're writing a Word document. Uh, Microsoft Teams, as, as Don mentioned, is the hub. Uh, when you reach out to peers, you're going to get a lot of feedback. There's going to be a, I almost, you know, without fail, you're going to reach out to some of them and say, hey, we use this suite of products and it, we like it because these four or five tools are a godsend and they, they make us more secure and better at communicating. And we don't even, you know, we, we just feel comfortable with that piece of the business. We can move on to do what we do great. So my first recommendation, ask around, uh, find a partner if you don't have one that you could say, hey, we need help getting this stuff set up. Um, we find most people that even might already use the Microsoft suite of tools might not know of all that it's possible to do in it so that they might be using just 
Word and Excel and, and that's a piece of their business, but they don't realize that things like Microsoft Teams could allow them to do, you know, phone calls. You could, you, could, you know, do telephony and have your 800 number go right to someone's phone through Microsoft Teams. So you can integrate. I never leave Teams. I jokingly tell people Microsoft Teams runs our company and to some degree it does. We spend most of our time in Microsoft Teams, even if we're editing a Word document or a PowerPoint or an Excel spreadsheet. We never leave Teams. All of that editing takes place right inside that product. If we're, you know, we take phone calls inside Teams. We do video calls um, inside Teams. It, it handles everything for us in all of our collaboration. Uh, me and Don could be working on a Word document together. He could be at his house, I'm at my house. We're working in Teams and we could comment and collaborate with video while we edit the document side by side. So if that's the type of work you're doing and you find that difficult when you want remote, there are ways that that, you know, if you, you're unsure of how the cloud works and how this infrastructure works, find someone to help you because it, it's not as complex as you might think. It's all built to do this in millions and millions of companies around the world are using these platforms. And, and if they're your competitors, they're, they're likely a step ahead of you if you are not. And speaking of, you know, systems that are built to do just this, uh, Don, Tell me a little bit about some of the issues that people have when they try to chain three or four of these different ecosystems together, because they might like three or four of the features of, you know, this one software, but they want three or four of the, of the features of another one. And so, you know, they, they kind of, they, they make it work, but there is a cost in terms of productivity and in terms of downtime when you have that kind of chaining together of events, even using something like a Zapier to send uh, calls back and forth between uh, uh, softwares, I think can, can get pretty costly. And it's kind of a hidden cost because on, on, on the front end of it, you go, well, this you know, software A is great, software B is great, and software C is great. So we're gonna mix them all together, but that, that has to break sometimes and have pretty bad consequences, I would imagine. Yeah, it's a timely question, actually. I was just talking to a friend uh, who has started a business doing um, just that. Um, you know, he's a startup though, right? He's not technical. Um, and he's he's done a great job, all things considered, at, you know, bolting on these different tools together. Um, and that's got him from zero to one, let's say. Uh, maybe even two or three, arguably. He's at a point though where you're right. It's not only sort of not, it's, it will no longer be cost effective at some critical mass, um, but it's also very difficult to maintain lots of different applications that are managed and developed uh, and evolved by different companies. Their connections to one another may evolve and change over time. Um, and, and those are just all the different elements of sort of being in business with software and again doesn't we talked about this before right that you don't have to be building the software to be a software company anymore software still runs your company though make no mistake so whether it's you know and uh a financial cost or constraint that makes these bolt-on sort of strategies no longer viable or frankly it's just tool fatigue maybe you're not even bolting them together but if you have you know six or eight different tools that all do a tiny little thing you got to spend two months onboarding someone to teach them to do all that and at that point it's probably evolved and changed again from a workflow perspective or having new features created that it's a full-time job to just keep up with it and keep it documented and allow for that to scale with your company as well and alex when you're talking about 
this idea of migrating. So you have a business that's been operating somewhat offline or, or, or you know, they, they haven't been set up to go remote. And uh, a business owner is listening to this or, or someone in the technology department of that company is listening to this episode and, and they're thinking about, you know, well, this all sounds great, but all of our documents and all of our processes are in these places where we know they are. And yes, this sounds like the ideal situation, but I don't want to fix, I don't want to break what's kind of working. So tell me a little bit about what it means for uh, an organization to go through that process of getting some, you know, their entire business into, let's say, Microsoft 365. What does that actually look like? And how hard is it? Because Kevin said it wasn't that hard, but I want to know like what that process looks like. Yeah, it's definitely um, something that's a little bit different for a lot of different organizations, uh, depending on what they have. Some organizations might have you know terabytes, terabytes of data on their on, on premises, right? Um, a lot of times, how we do this is we have to do you know an, an, you know we analyze what they have and what their goals are when they go to the cloud. Is it for file sharing with people externally? Is it you know more secure? A lot of times, it's going to be a, a hybrid approach as we start migrating up. Um, so for example, copying over all of, all your files up to a OneDrive um, or SharePoint for the Microsoft, things like that, um, and making sure we keep all the same permissions and everything like that. Um, so there'll be a, a period where we have to do a big migration of data to the cloud, as well as replicating any kind of users and permissions to the cloud as well um, for a remote world. So there's a lot of tools that are built for this. This is not a, you know, a new thing. Microsoft provides help and tools that we use to get people to the cloud all the time. Um, but the other aspect that we really haven't you know, hit on is not just data, uh, devices are, are, are a big thing uh, with, with a remote world. Um, so especially with people like having desktops on their on-premises and clients or in your have remote workers using laptops that are maybe BYOB. Bring, Bring your own BYOD, bring your own device. <laughs> and so one, one special thing about Office 365 is they have a um, tool for that called Intune or Endpoint Manager that allows you allows companies to safely and confidently allow their own users to bring their own device on and make sure it's secure and monitor it. Um, there's also a lot of virtual um, applications for us. So now anyone can get on their, on their computer, it could be a small Chromebook or something, go to the web browser and have access to a very, very powerful machine that is hosting the cloud, that is trusted and secured in your own clients, your own, your own virtual network, and it's trusted. So that's also another aspect that we have to look at when we um, you know, modernize the workplace is how do we do data, devices, and train users. Absolutely. And I think that at the end of the day, it's a paradigm shift that we're all going to have to make at some point. What, when we make it and, and the pain points that we experience with shifting to a completely remote work culture and workflow, uh, they're going to happen no matter what. But what we can do is we can say, listen, uh, I'd rather be early to the party than late, because if you're late to the party, all you're doing is really putting yourself in, in a scenario where you have your more opportunity for uh, cyber attacks, for phishing scams, for documents that should be secured by your organization to go to places that they shouldn't. Um, so it's really a conversation about, you know, how quickly can you bite the bullet and say, listen, I'm just going to do this. And once you do, you realize, hey, you know what, 
that actually wasn't that bad at all. Um, I think that's a real piece of the conversation, right, Kevin? It is, and, I, and Alex brought up Intune, and that, it's another use case, an example of what we do at Architect Now. A new employee, we, we, we prefer MacBooks, so our employees use MacBooks because we do a lot of software development, and some of that's for Apple devices. Uh, a new employee starts, we have a MacBook ordered and shipped directly to that employee. Uh, we use Intune, we've already got that serial number set up, and when that employee logs in and turns that computer on, they open it from packaging. So we've not seen this MacBook, it went straight to, to new, new employee or existing employee. Uh, when they log in, Intune, we've got it provisioned, we're automatically installed, the basic software we want them to have, uh, you know, common things like you know, Outlook for email and, and Microsoft Suite, we've talked about anything else we wanted. And it sets them up on our network and gives them secure access to our cloud-based network. And then, you know, years down the road, say that employee moves on to greener pastures, we can, through the same Intune, deprovision that device. We can delete all, you know, sensitive customer data, email, anything physically on that device. Now, presumably, they we never had an issue, but they'll, you know, ship us the, the laptop back, you know, when they leave the company. We don't go to their house. Our, customer, our employees are now all around the country. But when, you know, even before them putting that machine in the mail and sending it to us, We've got remote access as an employer and the owner of that machine where we can, you know, deprovision it and delete all sensitive data off of it. Uh, we do the same for, for phones and tablets. We can manage as necessary. We can put Intune on a personal iPhone and make sure they have secure access only to their company email. They can use it for other things and they can put their own apps on it if we want. They can have their personal email on their phone and do all of that. But the company email is managed through Intune and we can delete it remotely if necessary. So for people that need that level of device management security, there are tools to do that. Uh, there's the, you know, we can move the needle from the basics of just collaborating remotely all the way to device management and you know, working that way. Because if you're going to work remote, somebody needs access to technology, whether it's a computer or an Android phone or a, an iPad. Somehow they're going to either use their own or use something that the company bought them. And there are tools to help you manage whichever route your best fits your company. And going back to the title of uh, this podcast, Newsflash, you're a software company. It's time to start thinking like these, these pieces of your day-to-day -day are incredibly important. It's, it's time to start recognizing that. I think the faster that organizations do, the more efficient, the more productive. Um, if it's a business, the more profitable they're going to be. Um, it, it's really a conversation about, listen, we're, we're, we're not going to sit there and just hope that the employee brings the computer or the phone back like this is 2007. We, we, we are much more advanced now. Uh, there are certainly a suite of tools that can allow us to do that. And I think that's a great place to leave today's episode. Alex, Don, and Kevin, thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next episode. That was good, thanks. Thanks, boy. Enjoyed it. This podcast is presented to you by Architect Now. Whether launching new cloud or mobile apps or modernizing your legacy platforms, Architect Now can help you identify the best options and work with you to bring those ideas to life. If you like the information in this podcast, we can assure you it is only a fraction of the actionable wisdom and insights you will gain by talking to the team at Architect Now. To learn more and start a conversation, visit us on the web at www.architectnow.net. We'll see you on the next episode of the Newsflash, you're a software company podcast.